This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, this is Linda Tuck-Chapman, President on Teleperformance Solutions. I'm an expert in third-party risk management. Welcome to RMA podcast series. This is part two of two, talking about third parties and the whole topic of work from home. And in this uh, second part, we'll be talking about returning or preparing to transition back to facilities or a hybrid and when you're actually in uh, on facilities in, in specifically in your own facilities. So what I'd like to talk about first is the different scenarios uh, that may happen where you've authorized a third party to work from home, and now there's uh, decisions to be made about, uh, about returning to facilities. So it may be that your third party has notified you that they no longer require work from home authorization, and their affected employees will, re- will be returning to facilities, and in some cases to your facilities. So you need to think about also what circumstances may cause your, your firm to revoke that authorization you had previously given them. Have they had a breach? Are there government restrictions that have been lifted and you think they're being unreasonable at continuing to work from home? Uh, or a third party has requested an extension to their work from home authorization or has not yet notified you they'll return to facilities according to the authorized term. Or last but not least, the third party re- requests approval for permanent work from home for some or all of InScope employees lots and lots of scenarios to think about. So if in fact you're going to um, have them return, you, you need to have a notification process and period where the third party seeks approval for whatever the circumstance it is, uh, returning to facilities and extension or some sort of hybrid. And you really do need a formal process to inform and track notification uh, of this, by the third party Uh, to say whether or not you've extended or revoked the authorization. So don't forget all of this is going to get audited and examined sometime in the future. As work from employees return to, uh, work from home employees return to facilities, you want to think about the defined communication process that can uh, terminate access to previously in place special controls or special access that you gave them. And you want this whole process to really help you with orderly return of hardware peripherals or anything that was loaned from your firm. So one of the ways we've seen firms do this is creating a standard survey or framework that will allow you to have visibility over third-party plans for orderly transition. You need to know, obviously, was it approved? What's the timing? What's the plan? How many employees in each phase are going to return or to remain in at work from home? Uh, what functions or activities do they support in your organization? And what sort of safety measures are the third-party putting in place when they're not coming to your facilities, the things that we already know about? And then you need to find a way to track and monitor the phases to return to facilities. So taking this risk-based approach may inform the sequencing. For example, you might want to have employees with the highest level of access to sensitive or protected information to return to facilities first. So you want to actually have a point of view on how the return takes place. So so how might this happen? you want to find out what sort of scenarios might apply to contractors and contingent workers. So sometimes it's third parties, but don't forget sometimes there's contingent workers that have been authorized to work from home. And, uh, and you need to determine if they're going to come back because some of those contingent workers are going to come into your premises. So who needs to be involved in the discussion about, about how this is going to work in the authorizations? So it's not just a business and executive, but you want to have HR, legal, security, et cetera, involved. So you, you may have been contracted directly 
or they're basically you may be dealing with a with a third party's contractor, a contingent worker, or they may be contracted to you uh, via some master services uh, organization or 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 uh, structure. So the communication plan to these workers needs to include things like health checks, new desk locations, safety protocols, etc. So you do want to make sure that the communication plan is thorough and well thought out. You need to determine whether or not. Uh, contractors and contingent workers are, are receiving additional compensation, especially when they're coming to your facilities and you are providing additional compensation for uh, the extra travel time or protocols or, or you know, some sort of quote-unquote hazard pay. Um, you want to make sure that, that, that everyone, the people involved, are getting timely information about your firm's plans and any special controls that will be in place before return to facilities. Uh, or protocols that they may must follow, especially in your own place of, of, of work. So th that means that the communication process must be bilateral and allow to have communication back. And we, we also need to know, in fact, if any workers have been exposed to COVID-19 on the premises or outside of the facilities, and especially if a previously infected person is going to return to facilities, because that undoubtedly will affect you. So the next thing that we might want to consider is, um, oh, one thing to think about is, is you may have contracted yourself with PPE suppliers uh, without doing a full risk assessment. So one of the things that we're seeing with uh, various companies is, as a minimum, you should, if you're contracting with them because you did it quickly, just make sure at least that you have AML and sanction screening in place and that you're keeping an eye on negative news screening and, of course, financial health check. So these PPE suppliers should be in your third-party inventory because they're, they're actually essential, right? So, that, so that's, it puts them on the critical list. So uh, if, in fact, people are going to come on site, uh, some of the third parties may require periodic or ongoing access to your facilities for things like photocopy repair, watering plants, cleaners, etc. So just make sure that they're, that they're involved. If they're, not, if they're not allowed to come on site, make sure their badge access has been revoked or has been set up especially. Uh, you want to make sure that you have a floor ambassador to make sure that you know where people are going in your facilities and who is authorized to come. You should set up a log or an electronic log to say who's on premises, when they came in, why they were there, where they went, who, they, who they're in contact with. And uh, you might even want to consider having them sign an attestation about potential exposure to COVID-19 and agreed to comply with your safety pro protocols. So you don't want anybody on premises, they don't need to be there. Uh, but if they are there, just make sure that they're there as safely as possible. Now, one of the things uh, companies are running into is building management companies may have different protocol than you do. So you want to make sure that you're in contact with your building managers uh, so that they understand and you understand uh, what the protocols are and that you're in agreement. So, um, and another thing that's come up is whether or not it's, you know, fair or reasonable to ask people to use social distancing applications that track, uh, and I would have to say that uh, if you are using them, uh, they're in most cases voluntary, and just make sure you've done your risk and controls assessments on those apps themselves. And do not forget about your vendors who provide coffee, tea, and food services, because they, they you know, might get overlooked accidentally. So now as you're starting to return to facility, we've talked a lot about communication and the approach and, you know, whether or not they're needed or not. And so don't forget to define the, the, for the third parties and yourself the conditions of entry, the type of visit, you know, why are they there, how many visitors are in 
uh, different hops, which are travel from high-risk locations, and the modes of transformation, transform, transportation required to get there. So a hop is basically how are they going to get there and how many times are they going to change uh, the public transit. So it's just very helpful to know because the more hops, obviously, the more potential for exposure. And um, let me see. So you, you've got your safety awareness, which we talked a lot about, and the tracking and the policies and procedures. But what will you do if people refuse to comply or they violate the conditions of entry? You really do need to think about that if they're in your premises before they get there. And um, last but not least, of course, don't th they may have your physical assets. So what is the process of returning those so that you have uh, some sort of control over it? And how will people know where they're supposed to sit or if they're in the office? And this applies also for your third parties. You should understand how they're handling these things because they may not have thought about them uh, deliberately. So um, you may also want to have a waiver of consent to limit liability and track the sign-off. And that's the consent to enter your premises. And I, would, I think it's quite important that that's done at the individual level. And if you're going to use a contact tracking app or want them to, you have to have a consent for that as well, obviously. So, um, okay, so then basically, uh, you know, as you go forward, there's no easy fix to this. It's, it's easy to turn things off or break them, right? So we, we stop working in the office. But what we're trying to communicate here through RMA is the whole process and product protocol that goes in place for, you know, preparing for transition, being in the office. And don't forget that all important, there may be a need to revert to a work from home because something has gone wrong. So you want to understand what your specific triggers are for reverting, reverting from return to facilities to work, return to working from home. And it may be things like um, local government guidance for the number of new cases a day or percentage of new cases, uh, different uh, regulatory or state requirements and, and other types of things. So you're also going to want to make sure that your third parties can describe a redeployment plan in terms of how will they handle or revert to home or revert to working from home. So that is also equipment and access and all the types of things we've already talked about. And we are learning that many companies, in fact, are asking to have a permanent work from home arrangement. And I would not be surprised if some of these are approved. In fact, many will be approved. So you want to make sure what your requirements are for that. So this is Linda Tuck Chapman for RMA podcast series. I hope you found this advice useful and helpful. And I want to thank my, my colleagues who are heads of third-party risk who helped put all this material together. So there will be a, a detailed article that will be published in the RMA Journal in the September edition if you'd like to know more. Thank you so much for listening.